This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Lighting Archive. Modern theatrical lighting is a unique art form whose history until now has been exceedingly difficult to study due to limited access to original lighting documents. The Lighting Archive website is developing a collection of actual plots, focus charts, and cue sheets from real shows. They will place an emphasis on historical productions and designers who have made important contributions to the field. To learn more, go to thelightingarchive.org. This episode is also brought to you by the Archiving Technical Theater History Facebook page and online mentorship program. The mentorship program is an online avenue to connect, share, collaborate, and provide helpful assistance to students and teachers alike by putting them together through social media. If you wish to be a mentor or are looking for someone to be a mentor too, be sure to click on the mentorship link located on the menu page. Lots of great people with experience in many different fields awaits you. Check us out on Facebook. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. This week, I'm grateful to be joined by sonographer and associate professor of Wake Forest College, Mr. Rob Eastman Mullins. Rob Eastman Mullins is a freelance sonographer designing scenery, lighting, and costumes, and serves as associate professor of design and associate chair for the Department of Theater and Dance at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He holds an MFA in scenic and costume design from the North Carolina School of the Arts. He is designed for Syracuse Opera, Boston Playwrights Theater, Florida Studio Theater, Triad Stage, the Fletcher Opera Institute, the New Theater, Mosaic Theater, the North Carolina Shakespeare Festival, and served as art director for the film China. Rob relishes working on new plays and is designed for premieres with such playwrights as Jeff Barron, Catherine Bush, John Strand, Melinda Lopez, Vanessa Garcia, and Shirley Lauro. His designs have been seen on a national tour of Turkey and exhibited around the United States and the world. Rob is also co-chair of the Space Design Commission of OISTAT, along with Miss Fiona Watt, and he is also vice-chair for the International Commission at USITT. If you'd like to learn more about Rob and his work, you can visit the Wake Forest College Department of Theater and Dance, as well as professional portfolio at remarts.com. Without further ado, Here's my conversation with Rob Eastman Mullins. Enjoy the show. And we are live hello everyone welcome to another great episode of the uh the podcast today i'm joined from his office at wake forest university uh associate professor boy i can say that uh robert eastman mullins how are you sir i'm well how are you i'm great i'm great um before uh we get going i just want to give a brief introduction to the audience uh about some of your uh your credits uh, Mr. M- Eastman Mullins, is that the best way to put East, it? Eastman Mullins, yep. You can't have one without the other. Excellent. Is a freelance sonographer designing scenery, lighting, and costumes and serves as associate professor of design and associate chair for the Department of Theater and Dance at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He has designed for Syracuse Opera, Boston Playwrights Theater, 
Florida Studio Theater, Triad Stage, the Fletcher Opera Institute, New Theater, Mosaic Theater, the North Carolina Shakespeare Festival, and served as art director for the film China. Rob relishes working on new plays and is designed for premieres with such playwrights as Jeff Barron, Catherine Bush, John Strand, Melinda Lopez, Vanessa Garcia, and Shirley Laurel. His designs have been seen on a national tour of Turkey and exhibited around the United States and the world. Uh, he holds an MFA in scenic and costume design from the North Carolina School of the Arts. He is chairman of the Performance Design and Space uh, at, of Oystat, and you are also part of the USITT uh, commission of the, same, of the same name. Is that correct? Yes, I'm the U.S. delegate to Performance Design from USITT to, o to Oystat. Excellent. And we find you today on a beautiful, uh, sunny day, hopefully, in Winston-Salem. Beautiful. Hot, but, but lovely. And uh, you are uh, in between classes, or is today your, uh, your kind of break from class? Today is my uh, off day, at least this semester. Oh, okay. All right. So normally uh, you're, you're busy during the week teaching various classes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this semester it's Intro to Design and Production, which is what it sounds like, and, uh, and I have a couple of independent studies this semester as well. Excellent. Now, um, you, uh, you not only as your work as, as a professor in, in, in scenic design, but we just read that you, uh, you uh, design outside of, uh, outside of this professionally. Um, what, uh, what, how do you manage the, the, the two uh, schedules? Uh, I have to plan as far ahead as I can. Um, I've had plenty of places that will call me and, and say, hey, can you design this show? Can you do it like next week? And, and most of the time I have to turn those down, unfortunately. Uh, so I try to try to get my schedule lined up before the semester starts. And, uh, and that, luckily, like mostly with scenic design or lighting, uh, you know, I can go in for a relatively short time and so I can cover classes and uh, my colleagues are pretty generous about helping me do that. Um, sometimes I do uh, Skype classes or WebEx classes, um, but if I can plan, I can get it done. Um, and but like I said, last minute stuff just doesn't happen. Yeah, I, uh, I w you, you talked about doing uh, Skype and WebEx classes. I was recently introduced into that world. Um, I, I took a, a course during our, our kind of summer break of uh, using uh, video and canvas and some various other types of, of media. How have you found, is, have you been doing that for a while or is this something that is relatively new? No, actually for a while. In fact, uh, one of my very first, possibly my first uh, panel presentation that I ever did for USITT um, was on distance collaboration, because uh, that's another part of it as well, is I don't um, don't really design for many theaters locally. Uh, in fact, Triad Stage uh, was, was one of the first, and that was only a couple of years ago, like a year or two ago, that I uh, started working with them. So working from a distance has always been a thing that I've had to deal with. So both communicating with directors and with theaters, as well as communicating with my own students and colleagues when I'm away. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I've gotten a pretty good uh, shorthand with it. Um, but, you know, there are always challenges and there's new technology all the time as well. Could, could you have imagined, now you've, probably, you've been designing scenery and, and, and many of the other elements for a while, could you have ever imagined that the way to communicate has sped up to this point to where we're doing it? Because 
having meetings for a long time was telephone calls or 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 actually having to travel has has this type of communication made the sharing of ideas a little bit easier or has it provided different challenges uh no i think definitely easier um in in my career really when when the new technology was coming along to make it possible was really when i started to design further afield as well um but before that you know it'd definitely be rolled up drawings in a tube that i'd ship off and uh shipping model pieces which I, you know i'll still do um but uh it's definitely made made it easier i remember um working uh boss a show on boston playwrights theater where sending pictures of the model and then changing the model and sending those pictures the same day you know you just just couldn't have done that in 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 the past and uh so it's i won't say it's easy there's always there are always challenges and you'd always rather be in front of somebody but uh it's like i said i've gotten pretty good at, at dealing with that sort of thing um i find the bigger challenge is on the other end if somebody's not used to working like that or just doesn't isn't very good at it isn't very good at translating because mostly what we're doing is 2d as well so for skyping or sending photos or whatever it is you know or even if it's a 3d modeling in a in a drafting or rendering program it's still 2d and some people just don't deal well with that so how have you uh how have uh students um because now we're dealing with generations of students who have had no idea of this concept of of having to have conversations like that how do you find that their approach uh, to design has been altered by by this medium? Uh, you know, I don't know if that's a question I've considered before. Now that you you ask it, um, what I have found with students in technology is is people tend to assume that they that the students being young know the technology. And my experience is that is not the case. It's it's the ones there are some who do and some who embrace it and some who dive in and aren't afraid to get their hands dirty, finding the inner workings of the stuff. And then there are those who, you know, I might as well be talking to my parents and trying to explain to them how to, you know, program the VCR. Um, <laughs> so my my design students are uh, mostly pretty good with it. I have a, a student designer right now who um, this summer taught herself uh, Google SketchUp to quite a degree that so when she was designing for our first show here, she had 3D mock-ups and she was looking at at it from all kinds of angles to make sure that these mirrors she put in did what she wanted them to do. And so a student like that, um, I think she's she's really embracing that technology, obviously, more than I am. Uh, and it, it, for, for good and bad, for, for her to visualize this, I think it's, it'll be great. I think for there, she's going to run into directors who, who can't, who will be like, no, nah, give me a model, you know, but luckily she can do that too, so... How, how have you find now? Now you've been with USITT for quite some time. Uh, yeah, I think my first went in 2005, but then really got involved in 2007. I would say 2008, maybe. So how has uh, how has uh, that experience um, changed your or how how has that experience been for you? Uh, well, I keep coming back. So and it's and it can be a, and it can be a pain to go because of uh, shows going on and, and classes and that sort of thing. But uh, haven't missed one since 2008, I guess. Um, one of the reasons that I got involved, I mean, well, not the reason I got involved, but the reason I'd stayed involved is um, 
at least once a year, I get to see people that I don't normally see, you know? So there's, yes, every time I go, I get inspired and I get information from sessions and uh, I love seeing people's work, but what motivates me to keep doing it is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see people that I'll see once a year and, uh, or sometimes less frequently than that, you know, but it's it tends to be a, a touchstone for people at least every couple of years. Um, and, it's refreshing. Uh, it's, you know, I think of like seeing uh, Dick Block, for example, you know, uh, Dick and I don't communicate too often outside of USITT, but he's somebody I always look forward to seeing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people like that. So that's a big part of it. And then um, I would not be involved in OISTAT uh, to the degree I, or at all, let alone the degree I am, if it were for USITT. Uh, I had been going to the Quadrennial since 2003, um, but wasn't really aware of Oystat until I wanted to get involved in the international side of things, and uh, uh, which is something that I have, have had an interest in for 20 years. Um, and USITT has permitted that to happen, and, and, and I've enjoyed that. I mean, you know, uh, met you that way, uh, you know, as, a, as an example. So, um, so I, it's been pretty good to me. I, I found that um, when, because I my first used ITT event was in '97, uh, and I was just graduating from uh, U of I, and um, I went, and it, it actually it was very funny because it was in Houston, Texas, and uh, and I think it was '97. I think it was Houston. Anyway, it was in Texas, um, and I went, and I I ne I didn't go for. 10 years, yeah. you know, for, cause life happened, life got in the way. And it wasn't until I got involved in education that it brought me back, back into it. And I didn't realize how valuable the, the, the organization was in at much later to me, um, in, in getting in the resources. Um, I got involved with Oystat because I was international. I, I mean, I didn't know what my resources were. Mm. And it completely opened my my kind of bigger view of the world. Living overseas and in combination with going and attending overseas events was was wildly mind opening. And it was great because it gave me an opportunity, as you say, to 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 meet a lot of the folks who were in the U.S. who, you know, I never had the opportunity to rub shoulders with early. Yeah. And it, it was it was great. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember who suggested I I go, but somebody it, it'll it'll jump to my brain a lot. But if 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 they're if hopefully if they ever hear this that I I still I st I thank them for for getting me involved. I I think that's that's been a big challenge. Uh, I know that um, speaking of being involved, you are um, uh, as as I was saying, you're you're involved with uh, the various commissions and things like that. Um, when you first started. Uh, Getting going to USITT, did you have an idea of what you wanted to be involved in, or was it just something you found over time you started to gravitate towards different uh, different commissions or or committees or whatever it may be? That's an excellent question because um, my first time going to USITT, certainly in two thousand five, uh, I didn't know much about it. My undergrad did not did not really push it. Um, and so I had never been. And so it wasn't until grad school that I uh, uh, leaving grad school that I went uh, and I had no idea really what to expect. 
And then um, when I went back in 2008, I think it was, uh, I had just started working at uh, Wake. And um, I, so I am a scenic lighting and costume designer and in that order. And so I went to the Scenic Design Commission meeting, um, not just because, you know, that's where I do most of my work or, or a good portion of my work, uh, but also because at the time the uh, the commissioner of that uh, of scene design was Frank Ludwig. I replaced Frank at Wake Forest and I was with a colleague and she was like, oh, we've got to go see Frank. And so we went and uh, it, it just kind of took off. Frank uh, uh, said, hey, how would you like to, you know, I, I can't remember what he was. I think maybe he had been doing portfolio reviews and then he was commissioner. So we had to give that up. And so I got involved in doing portfolio reviews and it was just kind of snowballed from there. Um, but I will say one of my it's not really a frustration because I don't know what the that there's a, a good solution. But one of my um, difficulties with USITT is I do have interests, not just in scenic design, but in costumes and lighting. And you kind of have to cast your lot with a commission because there's so much going on. The mm. schedule is so packed and there and all those sessions overlap that you have to pick and choose where you're going. And uh, sometimes you miss out on a lot of things that you might otherwise be interested in just because you can't fit it all in the schedule. And so I have kind of uh, chosen that both the Scenic Design Commission and International uh, Affairs uh, Committee are where I put my my efforts. Um, that's different or started becoming different, at least on the Boystat side, because uh, they're um, is a little bit more of a of a mind to the larger picture rather than the focused picture with commissions. I find I find that's that's interesting because it's it's the the two two they're not vastly different mindsets. Um, but I agree. I, I I like certain aspects about Oystat because it it maybe it's because it's just it feels a little bit even though it's you know a global kind of thing it feels a little bit smaller. In that the 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 it's not as though there's a commission within a commission within other things, you know. There is sure there's a specificity, but it's not so much that again you're going to miss something. But um, one, with with USITT, you know, the the division I think makes it easier because they're dealing with students and they're trying to get students or try to funnel students towards something. I found for myself that. Um, as much as I like certain, now I trained as a lighting designer, and I over the however long I slowly fallen away from that. I don't call myself that anymore, just hmm. because it's just something I don't earn a living doing it. It's not, I mean, I've, I've trained in it, but it's just not something I don't feel fair to other people who are lighting designers to call myself something that I'm not practicing regularly. Hmm. And so I found myself getting more involved in kind of like the collar stuff i like being in publications i like being in education i like being into the 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 little bit more of the 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 community kind of of aspects the research and heritage because it kind of touches in a lot of the fields that i'm interested in but not something that i feel like i have to ground myself directly in now with oystat i like being involved in obviously the the space commission 
and and lighting because of the projects and the 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 approach that it is and so it doesn't feel like it's as claustrophobic as maybe some of the other things yeah if you look at the the membership that you know the people that we know that we see at these meetings and that you know in, in prague and and whatever there's so much overlap because the rest of the world most people are uh, aren't just doing one specific focus thing they're you know they're, they're at least involved in two parts of the discipline and i find that to be a shrinking number in the u.s um we we did a, a search here at wake for a, uh, a new design faculty um, four years ago and we wanted we were replacing somebody who was a lighting and scenic designer and in fact all of us here are do multiple disciplines uh, and so we were looking for primary, a light, primarily a lighting designer, but somebody else with another discipline as well uh, of any kind. And it was just slim pickings, uh, just people specialize, seem to be specializing more um, than they used to, at least in this country. And I don't think that's the norm uh, internationally. The, the, the thing that I see, and you probably see this on, on various posts and timelines and, and whatnot, is when you see job callouts, um, the, of the two major categories that we see most of are either technical directors or, or costume people. And it seems to be that there is not an, there's clearly not enough or the jobs that are being advertised are jobs that just have a high turnover rate. Um, and then, or you'll get a, a job posting, which is we need a person that does everything. And because we only can afford one person or we only want to hire one person. And it, it seems kind of maddening. And I, I mean, how do you how do you react to something when you see this these kinds of things? It's uh, the burnout jobs are are certainly nothing new. And it's exactly as you say, people trying to do more with less or with you know with with fewer people. Um, so those are you know those jobs are always going to turn over until they realize that they need you know especially as 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 generalists um, are more rare. Uh, we just hired for a TD, um, did two TD searches actually recently. And I have to say, uh, that seems to be, if you're a TD, it seems like you can write your own ticket right now um, for, you know, which is which is good for them and, and rough for people who are searching for them like us. Uh, and then there's also a lot more options for TDs. Um, you know, my, my alma mater, uh, North Carolina School of the Arts, which is now the University of North Carolina School of the Arts, but to me, the U is silent. Um, but a lot of the TDs that they're turning out now, or people who come through their technical program, are going on to work uh, at Cirque du Soleil, for example. They've got a great uh, relationship with Cirque, and they're not being TDs in the traditional sense. Uh, they're not working theater, you know, in the traditional sense. They're going to work rigging for, you know, uh, this and that, and which are all viable careers. Uh, and um, I think it's great that they found that outlet. What it means downriver for for us is there are fewer theater tds being uh you know going into the market because there are more lucrative things for them to do do you think that that it's it's job description job title that that um makes uh, uh potential um candidates kind of veer away from those types of jobs or do you think it's just that there's uh, there's for lack of a better idea, there's more money or prestige to be involved with something that is a, a Cirque or, or, or something like that. Is it, is, it, is it a problem of semantics or is it a problem of the visual? Uh, 
I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I will say I think that going to, the idea of going to work for Cirque as an example or Tate uh, up in uh, uh, Lidditz, uh, Pennsylvania, um, you know, who do a lot of touring shows for Elton John and Katy Perry and, and whomever. Uh, I think there is something sexy to them about doing that because it's it's on a it's on a much different scale. Uh, they're doing different things um, than than we do in the theater. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, I love the theater. That's why I work in, I've, I have worked briefly in film. I've done some other things that my job qualifies me to be able to do. And I want to do theater. And I think uh, not all technical directors want to do that. You know, they uh, they like the, the nuts and bolts of it, literally and figuratively. Um, in, in different challenges and and I think with I think that's what a lot of times with those jobs present is if they're on tour you know but people like going on tour seeing a new venue all the time if they're going to work at at Tate uh, they're doing um, something new and and, and uh, they're not building flats you know and I think that's uh, has worn on some TDs as well because uh, they want to something a little sexier sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, one, of the, one of the things for a while, and this was kind of in the acting community, ensemble acting groups were popping up all over the place. People would leave their, their school um, and they, they would take their class and essentially go into the city that they were, they were nearest to and start a, a company of some sort. You know, Chicago is known for The Looking Glass and Steppenwolf and various other groups. Um, and for a while it felt like some of the technical folks were, you would find TDs or things like that, wanting to open their own little shop. And I don't, and I don't know if that's done nearly as much anymore, if that entrepreneurship to, to do that anymore is because of startup costs and things like that. Do you find that motivation to, to want to go and start their own thing? Or do you feel like they're like, let me go find my first job and then I'll go start my own shop? Uh, another good question. I've, so for years, I have since I've been teaching, I've been urging my students, uh, particularly you know the performers. I'm like, get your exactly what exactly what you're saying to get your friends, all these people that you like being with that you're you know otherwise not going to see ever again probably. Go start your own company and and make some theater, you know. But I think, and I hate to say this, so I have to preface this by saying, I hate saying. Uh, this generation, but I will say this generation um, is looking for more security than that. Uh, not everyone, but there are fewer and fewer uh, younger people getting into the business who they want somebody to give them a job with benefits and 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 you know steady income. And as you know, the, the, that's a, that's hard to come by in the arts. That's why most of us work at educational institutions is for those for those benefits um but if you want to create your art sometimes you've got to go rough it and you know and I, I so that idea of the ensemble i really miss that idea in fact i went back to school i dropped out of school for a number of years and the reason i went back is because i had dreams of opening my own theater mm -hmm. uh, didn't happen you know the way my, my path took a different turn but uh i love that idea as far as the uh, you mentioned like opening shops and that sort of thing um i think again i think it's a little bit generational i think it's a little bit um demand because you know you've got a number of shops in new york for example that they've they've got the 
the game locked down. Mm-hmm. That being said, a friend of mine from graduate school who's a, a scenic artist, she uh, opened her own uh, studio, um, scenic studio with a number of, of, of people. Um, and so they're building stuff. They actually have built stuff up but uh, for Tate, I think. Um, and they've worked for us. And so it's happening, but it's definitely a rare thing. And it, you know, it's certainly going to be a rare thing in the Piedmont region of North Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think she's doing, doing okay. Do you think that um, with, with, through the commission that you're involved with, with USITT, for example, is the, are these the type of issues that when you're sitting around the table, is, are these the type of things that you're, you're hoping to address, you'd like to address? Are there things in the work that, you know, it's an evolving process of how to kind of shepherd, let's say, the, the next generation? Are these the things that you kind of discuss? It's it has definitely been discussed um, a couple of years ago at USATT. There were a lot of uh, uh, sessions about what else can you do with your theater degree. Um, so they talked about designing um, for uh, shop windows and doing theme parks and uh, just about everything else other than theater. And for these students needing a job, and that's the thing, there are a ton of theater schools out there turning out students trained to do this stuff um i do think it's valuable uh for me um i was like are we gonna talk about theater anymore you know i still I, you know i still like, like i said i still have a a passion uh, to use a, a banal word uh for doing live performance and live in theater you know theater with a capital t um so it's I think it's definitely something that we need to be addressing, and we and I think we are, um, generally speaking. But at the same time, it's being addressed by a bunch of faculty members who need to have students coming in and taking theater classes and pushing theater students out in the world. Uh, so it would be irresponsible if we didn't address, you know, the the need for students to be employed. But I think they're thinking about how to be employed. And what they can do um, needs to. We need to help shift that as well. Do you think that with this up? I know that the call has gone out for uh, various um, panels and, and things like that for upcoming uh, USATT 2020. Um, what uh, is there anything that you can share with us now that is kind of on 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 board or maybe coming up that? Right now, we could start getting people to to think about, or maybe if they have questions or something, to what what could they bring to 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 the event that maybe can be kind of thrown into the the mix and and talked about. No, I wish I I wish I could give you a good answer on that one. Um, I was doing programming for the international committee um, up until uh, I stepped down. Um, not quite kind of last year last year was the first year i did not or this year i guess is the first year i did not do it and uh so i have been a little out of the loop on 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 that um because they've also changed the way uh sessions are proposed um usually we would walk out of the meeting in march uh or in in the spring um knowing pretty much what the programming is going to be but uh they've left that Open started doing more electronic submissions and leaving the leaving the the door open for submissions afterward. Um, so when we left, uh, where were we? Cincinnati, uh, <laughs> uh, Kentucky, Louisville. Okay. Um, 
It's good. See, if you smooth it out, it's it's in it's in Cincinnati. <laughs> There's a river, no, right? There's, um, but when we left Louisville, there was not a, a hard schedule uh, made yet. So I have a disappointing answer for you. However, I will say that what um, what we do, uh, what the international uh, uh, committee generally does, is invites three. We always in, try to invite three international guests every. Um, for every conference and the conference that follows a PQ year like this one, uh, we try to get uh, uh, award winners and people who um, were, were there showing their, their work as our international guests. I don't know who we've landed on because we, you know, it's discussed and, and send out an invitation and sometimes people can make it and sometimes they can't. Uh, but there's almost always, uh, I would say always, a really uh, – good slate of international guests you so you speak of, of the international i know that um uh, we we are going to have another conversation outside of this uh for the for oystats uh international uh commission can you tell me a little bit about what the what kind of the aim of the oystat international uh uh space and sonography design yeah there's too many names for these things there, there are. It's a little kind, of, and especially the the space design was what we landed on um, when this sub sub commission. There's also commissions and sub commissions. Yeah. Um, space design was landed on uh, when it first came up because um, there was already some controversy about the word sonography to begin with, and because right. it was the sonography commission, and then it was the perform, and now it's the performance design commission, and under that is space design and costume design, and so space was landed on um, because. Uh, we don't just, our, the designers do not just design scenery, for example, or even just for theater. There's a lot of interactive design and performance, uh, uh, like uh, performance art type things. And so space design was, was suggested and, and agreed upon. Um, I like it because it sounds like uh, we're astronauts or something. Um, but it, it is confusing for, for a lot of people, for sure. Um, so... Space, the, the history of the Space Design Commission, just real quick, was that um, there was the Performance Design Commission, and within that there were what at the time were working groups, and there was costumes, and there was lighting, and there was uh, uh, sound, but there was no scenery, sonography, and space, and it just seemed odd, and I uh, got met Fiona Watt in Brazil. Um, actually, actually, I may have met her in Wales the first time, but we really uh, uh, got to know each other and rem remembered each other, I guess, in Brazil uh, at the e Escapes, I think it was a, a conference uh, in Sao Paulo. Right. And uh, we were like, you know, this is kind of weird. There's no working group. And so we decided to create one. And so we did. Um, but the way Oystat is so, you know, we're separated by miles and we're separated by uh not a lot of communication in between um the group has been fledgling for a while and i think uh in taipei at world stage design in taipei in 2017 2017 um things really started to kind of pick up speed now that's a relative term. Um, mm -hmm. Since then, there was a meeting in Wales, and there's a meeting now in in Prague. And so now we're actually moving forward with uh, 
with some plans. And there's a, a number of things that came out of Prague that we're pursuing and we'll be meeting about um, October 6th. Uh, it's a virtual meeting and it is, I know it's 9 a.m. my time, Eastern Daylight Time, and I think that's uh, 1300 hours universal time code. So wherever people are in relation to that on October 6th, uh, they'll be able to call in. And so what we're gonna do in that meeting, so virtual meetings are one of the things that came out of the Prague meeting was uh, ways that we can have better communication, more frequent communication. And so we're gonna give this a try um, quarterly. So we've got a couple of dates selected, um, which we'll release the other dates probably. We'll see how the success of this first one right. goes before we release the other dates, um, but we'll all get together uh, via, uh, we're gonna try Zoom for the first uh, for this first one. Um, and what we're gonna talk about is uh, essentially the project ideas that came up in Prague that people were um, volunteered to head up or were voluntold to uh, head it up. Um, and so we're gonna try to get those things moving forward as well. So uh, some of the things that I, that I have notes notes here that I, <laughs> I need to be reminded of, uh, of what it is, um, but a book list. So both for space design, but also for Oystat in general. So some kind of international book list that uh, people can uh, go to. Um, my experience is designers have no short tidge of favorite books. And so uh, well, I can tell. look at the bookshelf behind you. Yes, yeah, indeed, indeed. I, I, in my, for my money, I can never have have enough books with pictures. That's what I like. Um, so uh, some people are looking at putting together a, a book list, um, both space design specific, and then for other groups as well, and then ideally Oystat wide, um, and then. Uh, a lot of stuff came up about world stage design, mm -hmm. um, which uh, you, you've probably talked about. Uh, in, uh, surely anybody who would be listening to the podcast, I would, I would hope, would be aware of it. But it's uh, in 2021 in uh, uh, Calgary, and so a lot of uh, uh, a lot of ideas came out of that. Trying to fit into their um, themes and their uh, ideas for that as well. So one uh, thing that came up was uh, train station venue art. So like uh, transport, the local transportation system there um, about uh, including art in uh, the transportation hubs of, of Calgary, wherever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the archaeology of space. So, uh, and again, these are all ideas that are still being developed. So, I, I surely cannot articulate them very well. But uh, this came out of the fact that uh, Canada is, uh, and, I, and I think this region in particular uh, is very aware and in tune and um, interested in the preservation of the First Nations culture of. Uh, uh, what we would call Native Americans, they call First Nations, and the archaeology of space and of storytelling and, and that sort of thing. So uh, looking at something to uh, uh, possibly have some programming there, some kind of, um, whether it's an exhibit or a performance or something like that. Um, and then uh, something that I'll remind you of, because uh, you were you you were part of that discussion, is um, we really want to do something with, with space design, with hands-on kind of thing for for kids um, right right the idea of, the idea of play 
and and things that they already do and how you incorporate play and space in, into one another. Yeah. 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 Remind, yeah. Yeah. There's a reminder for you. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, uh, I, I'm doing it's, it. I have this, I don't know if you have this, the same issue, but I'm the type of person that moves my furniture every few months because I get, <laughs> I get, I like, no, no, I want it over here. No, I got to have it over there. And you know, I just, I, I, I like, I like to, play with things as, as, as I, as, as I might say, you know, just because it's like, you know, after a while you kind of get tired of, of looking at the, the same thing, but, um, no, I, I have, I have not forgotten about it. I have been giving it some thought. I have the, I have the Legos, the Tinker toys, the, the couch cushions ready. We're going to make forts. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm well, just thinking about my kids doing, doing all that, exactly what you're talking about. My daughter loves to rearrange her room. And uh, in Lego, they build forts all the time. Different, you know, you'd, you'd think that they'd figured out every way to build a fort in the living room, but, you know, something different every time. So, you know, kids love that and they do it naturally. So, exactly. And why, why not try and take advantage of that kind of thing? Um, the, there was, oh, my next question was going to be great and it completely slipped out of my mind. Dang it. Well, um, I can, uh, I'll, I'll also happily mention, uh, uh, two other things that uh, also came out of that meeting um, while you uh, while you regroup. Um, so uh, we uh, one thing was was eco friendly design, which is a uh, is a big push of Ian Garrett, who's uh, part of uh, uh, CITT in the Canadian uh, uh, Oystat representatives, I guess. Um, so that's something to be exp- that we are looking to explore as well. So sustainable design and production practices. Um, which is certainly nothing new, but uh, but something pretty hot. And then finally, my own. I'll plug my own because I've. This is now a, uh, officially looks like it's going to happen. So in 2022, the spring of 2022, my own university um, will host a uh, space design and possibly may expand it to the Performance Design Commission um, meeting, uh, where part of that will be the common design. Uh, competition and so we're going to choose a show for our season um, that is part of the larger canon of theater works western canon I should say um, but still something uh, uh, sort of a little more universally uh, accessible I suppose and we will open that to all designers outside of the US um, to design for our space and we'll have a blind uh, uh, adjudication and one will be selected as the winner that we will produce on our stage and so we're going to have this conference coincide with with opening or at least with the run of the show and uh, so that's something I'm really excited about and something that's probably going to consume my life for uh, the next year and a half or so so because you're because you're clearly not busy enough yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm, I, that reminds me, I need to apply for my leave so I can uh, take a semester to plan for that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in that that same boat right now. Um, but I'm, I'm going to study abroad uh, in uh, in Germany because uh, one of the things um, my former colleague, uh, a gentleman named Edwin Ermini, uh, who uh, who uh, turned into a mentor for me because he brought a, a sensibility of design and understanding and, and things that he was really passionate about, um, um, about creating and, and, and things like that. And it was always fun to be around him. 
And I always kind of monkeyed with the idea of, you know, I want to learn a little bit about, about this. Or I want to learn about, about that. And he's like, you know, you should just go do it. Just, you just push, 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 push. And uh, he, uh, unfortunately, he passed um, last uh, this on, on New Year's Day. But I said, you know what, I'm going to fulfill this not only for him, but also for my own creative uh, juices and just kind of be like get a little bit more perspective. So I'm going, I'm dipping my, 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 my feet into the sonography world. And I'm curious to know for someone who is a, a very novice, who has some design background, but is a novice in sonography, that, that term, that world, uh, um, what, what kind of things could you help prepare me with that when I go in there, I'm not completely overwhelmed by what, 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 what are the, what are the, what are the tidbits? I mean, I guess, uh, I would say you're obviously bringing your own perspective and your own experience to it and, and embrace that. Uh, you know, there are, there are few wrong answers in what we do and, uh, it's just all about, um, being the most prepared. And, you know, for me, for, if I'm working on a project, that's, that's a lot of research, a lot of, you know, what I call connotative research that drives my, choices and my choices that aren't going to be someone else's choices you know i see that all the time with my students where they'll bring in research and i will look at it and i'm i get really excited by somebody else's research if it's good and i i'm like oh i see the design right here and then they'll go and they'll take the same thing the same their same batch of research and and again i'm talking uh connotative research not not necessarily uh sculpture and artwork and and color and texture Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll come up with something completely different than I was thinking, and you know, God, I would hope so. Um, so, being prepared and and listening to your own instincts and and uh, your own aesthetic sensibilities uh, will usually turn out some pretty good results. Well, that's good. That's good. Whew, I feel now. I, now I feel much better. I feel. <laughs> I, I got. I got. I got and okay, I, I will, I will, I will, I will survive. I will. I, will, I, I, I don't. I don't have any doubt about it. Um. Oh, th- th- this became part of a one. One of the books that they asked us to read beforehand. Uh, two of them are in German, so I'm I'm hopelessly lost because um, I'm sitting there trying to type and translate at the same yeah. time, and that's this. That's a lot of work. But they had us reread, or at least for me, reread Peter Brooks' *The Empty Space*, and I found, um, other than maybe a few kind of slightly out of date kind of references, I still found it really timely. I still found like what he was saying still resonates in in, in some way. Do you have your students read that book, or are there it's other not, books? That- it's not a book that I require students to read. I don't. I don't, I don't have any classes like that where because uh, I don't use it in scene design mainly out of out of time. I don't have a text that I use in scene design because I, I just don't feel like we have the time to to dive in that way. Um, but that book in particular, that book specifically, is one that I frequently give as a gift to to students. Um, or I will simply be like, "Yeah, you got to get this book," or I'll lend them my copy or whatever. I I think you're absolutely right. Um, there's there's a lot in there that. Uh, is is always relevant, and and in in, in looking at that book because I have it right here sitting right next to me. That's the one. That's the one. Um, I got introduced. I think it was a. I, I 
it was a post or something. But there's a book that just recently came out by a professor named Rachel Hahn, who's out of Leeds, I believe it is. And I'm, I'm horribly butchering, butchering her, her title, which she has rightfully earned. But she wrote a book called Beyond Sonography. Yeah. What? And, I might have it, but I, I certainly haven't read it. And, um, and so I was intrigued because the, the premise of it was she was not a t not disassembling Peter Brook's ideas, but she was kind of taking them and, and, and not, I don't know if it's reinterpreting them or interpreting them for a, for a new generation or something like that. But I'm, I was intrigued. I'm intrigued by, by what, what she has to, she has to say, but she also started, she's also been doing YouTube videos to talk about mm. various aspects of, of what she's about the book. Maybe, I don't know if it's a way to pitch the book, but, or maybe it's just online lessons, but, um, it was it was really fascinating with with your understanding of sonography. Who do you who do you turn to um, nowadays as someone? I mean, I mean, we can talk about Pamela Howard all, all day and all night because she's fantastic. Um, but are, are there other folks that, you know, you kind of gravitate towards or you like to share with your students? Um, so I've never been someone who is. Like I'm always aware, I always try to be aware of what, what other people are doing, but I've never been someone who is just like, oh, this is the person I want to design like, or this is the, you know, uh, I will say, um, I do talk a lot about the aesthetics of design with my student around the world and, you know, in the way the U.S. aesthetics are and the way the rest of the world is. And so, if, in fact, I teach a world theater class and a lot of it is, um, while we cover literature and we cover history, um, it's really an excuse for me to show them some of the really cool stuff that the rest of the world is doing on the sonography side. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you look at uh, when we get to Poland, uh, there's just some really weird stuff, you know, some like doing Midsummer Night's Dream with people with giant baby heads and submachine guns, you know, and, I'm like, <laughs> and, and so, uh, and then you've got the U.S. who is not, you know, speaking in generalities, uh -huh. very broad brush, but is uh, rather obsessed with realism and uh, uh, fairly conservative on, on that side. Um, and then my favorite in a broader sense has always been the British because they, they, I think they straddle the line of, uh, I don't want to say traditional theatrical storytelling, but you know, the traditional theatrical storytelling and some really batshit crazy, you know, approaches to theater. And yeah. so I, I, I enjoy that because my background obviously is here, is in the U.S. And so, uh, you know, I, I, my early days of theater is mostly that more traditional stuff but i've seen I've, I've tasted the rest of the world and and it's far more exciting to me especially from an art standpoint i mean I, I what we do is art and art should always be new in my opinion um should always be striving to to be new and so that's what i try to do and i feel like the 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 brits and you know and again i'm painting with a broad brush but uh i usually really gravitate towards their stuff when i see it at the pq or my, you know, books I have back there, if I'm looking for inspiration just to get excited about design, I'll go through. And, and usually, uh, uh, you know, Ralph, Ralph Koltai is has always excited me, you know, just visually, but, but other stuff uh, as well. In fact, I have this uh, 
transformation and revelation from the Society of British Theatre Designers that I picked up. Uh, maybe I picked it up in Prague. I can't remember. But I, anyway, I, I, I've seen that book. Yeah, I, I know. I'll, I'll just up. look through it to get excited about about design. And um, so, I, so I don't have like necessarily one person that I uh, or or a small group of designers. Even it's more of a a larger aesthetic. And I do I do tend to appreciate a international aesthetic rather than the American aesthetic, but we have great designers here too. It's not like we're all designing box sets for, you know, whatever. Oh, absolutely. I, I have found, um, there are clearly things that I gravitate towards. It's kind of like, it's like, it's like, let's say we're speaking in general, that's like photography. You know, there are some people who like color photography and some people who like black and white. And then there are people within those fields, they like uh, uh, portraits or some people who like landscapes, you know, things like that. It's just kind of what speaks to you. I think I agree. I'm once I got involved in the international community, it was like it was really hard to come back to the U.S. because now I have a real now I have something to bounce it off of. Now I have something to be like, well. They, they do this really interesting thing this way. Now, I agree. They do some really weird batshit stuff. And, I, and you know, in my, in, in my sensibilities, I'm kind of like, but the Americanness of me comes out. And one of the things that I learned being in Trinidad was it took me about at least, at minimum, two years to really start to put my Americanness off to the side. Hmm. because there are turns of phrases there's the way they present things that if you or i were to say it we would uh, we would be you know in in a bit of, of trouble because there are words and phrases and things that they use that we just cannot use because of of just our backgrounds and even though like i said even though i've been there for now seven years um you know because I've stuck around, they're like, you know, it's okay if you, you know, for, for certain things, you know, it's not a problem. But still in uh, that, that real core Americanism, I mean, it's still kind of, still kind of there. Hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I tell this to every, every student, the, 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 anybody I can tell, the best thing you could ever do for yourself is get your passport. Because then you have no excuse not to go check something out. There, there, there's a festival happening somewhere. There's a, there's an event, you know, there's a flavor of things for, for everybody out there. Um, and you know, that's really how, to me, that's what the community of theater is. You know, it's yeah. Theater. If you break it down, it says the art, but you know, the art doesn't exist without the people. So, you know, I, I, I can wax poetically on this, but, um, but I, but no, I agree with I agree with your sentiment. There, are, it it it's actually made it real, a little bit harder for me to go to shows nowadays in the U.S. Just because I'm kind of like, okay, all right, I get it. It's this, it's that. You know, something has to really stand out for me to be like really capture my imagination. The the I made a lot of a lot of good uh, good points with our fashion and costume uh, uh, program. Uh, because I came back with, uh, you you know Igor, right? Oh, you came back with his book? I came back, I, I have both of them. Oh, the new I, one, the, the Innovative Costume Design? Yeah. 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 And I, I brought them back to, uh, to, uh, to, to the folks there. And 
it was like, would you like a seat? Would you like a cup of tea? Would you? It was like, I, it, it was great because it's a resource that they just don't have. Mm. When you design in the, when you're in the Caribbean, you tend to be very insulated, you know, and not in a bad way. I mean, they definitely have a definite aesthetic and a style. And it's just that it, it may be something as simple as to them and be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that these ideas were available. Or, you know, how often, you know, when you have a compendium of, of, of images from all different countries, it would take you too long to go to all those different countries yeah. to, to, to find this stuff out. So in a way, these, these books are really, really valuable. And the work that people do is really, really valuable. Um, I know we're uh, we're we're running. Uh, we've been we've been talking for a while, and I don't want to take up all your your free time on your free day. But right. uh, but um, uh, I guess I have I have two more questions. Sure. Uh, the first is, um, what do you feel is the the future um, of the the commissions? Is it producing um, books of some sort? Is it producing interviews? Is it producing um, uh, more experiences. What 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 do you what do you see the future of, of the commissions being? On the on the Oystat side. Well, let, let, let's start with Oystat and then go to the USITT. Uh, I would love to see um, our commissions and our subcommissions. In um, costumes, does does quite a bit, uh, but just producing more stuff of any kind of, of experiences of things for people to experience and i think all of that that you mentioned is is on the table if uh if a book comes out of it um that's great and i think you know oftentimes that'll be the case i would love to see more um online resources uh that we might be able to put together um as as, as an international group again i have an interest in in world theater and teaching world theater uh, so that students can see what else is out there. You know, I, I've, uh, in fact, this year I had a record number of students um, since I've been at Way come to the PQ uh, just because they were so well, because I pushed the hell out of it, but also I showed them, I'm like, you know, uh, look at what the rest of the world does, look how they do it. And it, it gets them excited. And so like, just as you were saying, bringing those books back to Trinidad, uh, I would love to see uh, resources available to students anywhere that just show off what we do and show off what is what's being done, what's available, what can be done with uh, theater, uh, with live performance, with space design um, that they might not otherwise experience. All right. And um, my final question is, uh, what uh, I know you're a working professional. Um, if you want people to find out more about you and your work or and your school, where can they go find it? Uh, my personal website is remarts, all one word, dot com, remarts. Uh, and I, I try to keep it up, up, to, up to date. Um, I, I, I try to put in there what I'm what I'm up to. Uh, and then uh, you can type in Wake Forest. Uh, theater and it'll take you to our our website although our website uh, we, it's quite the topic of conversation right now because it, it looks like some old geo cities or you know myspace type of, of website it, it, it's in desperate need of a redesign um, embarrassingly so so um, uh, I guess my, my big project that I'm working on right now is uh, is the crucible uh, um, and 
I like to do a crucible that hasn't been done before, which is kind of my aim every time. So um, I'm hope I'm I hope I'm getting there. It's a lofty goal, but uh, but that information is is up on is up on the website. So and hopefully I have some some good pictures to put on my own website later. So and that's great. And that's great. Um, Rob, I, I appreciate you getting the time to talk to you. This has been a fantastic conversation. I've learned so much more about you and what you do. So, and I hope that this helps other people learn more about you and gets people more involved because now, you know, they hear it from directly from you, you know, this is what this commission does or this sub commission does. And, and yeah, let's get more people involved. Well, if I don't, I'd like to say you mentioning that uh, that's something we push all the time, both at Oystad and USATT. People are always like, "How do I get involved?" It's like, just step up and raise your hand, you know, and 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 show up. That's that's what I did. I didn't, you know. There's no magic. If there's a secret handshake, no one's taught it to me. Um, so it's just a matter of showing up and saying, "Yeah, I'll do that." And that's what I did. And luckily, that's what people are doing for space design. And you know, and, and next thing you know, you're going to have a new commission. It's going to be the Virtual Space Design Commission. Funny you should say that. We'll, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about that at a Performance Design Commission meeting of some kind soon. Ah, so there, there's your teaser, folks. Yeah. To be continued. The next, right. time, next time we hear from, 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 from Robert Eastman Collins, we, we may have information on the next Virtual Space. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a pleasure talking to you, Richard. Excellent. All right. Um, you have a great day, and uh, I'll, I'll, we'll be catching up uh, soon enough. All right. Well, thanks. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the podcast. Remember, this podcast is listener-supported, so wherever you get it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast can be found on such platforms as iTunes Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, we can be reached at archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's A-R-C-H-I-V-E-T-T-24 at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Archiving Technical Theater History. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.